When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Snippet, the short podcast platform. Welcome to another episode of Boy Meets 90s. Today on the show, we welcome Constance Shulman, or Connie Shulman, who's best known for voicing Patty Mayonnaise on the show Doug. More recently, she was Yoga Jones in Orange is the New Black. And we'll also talk about her start as a kid in the late 80s in movies like Fried Green Tomatoes. But certainly, she is known as an icon for her distinct and distinguishable voice that played Patty Mayonnaise for nearly 10 years and 117 episodes. Thank you so much. I love the, the word icon you just <laughs> I'm going to say that I am one. I'm going to live in my fantasy. You recognize the voice right away, don't you? Anybody who grew up watching Doug, parent, kid, teenager, doesn't matter, knows who Patty Mayonnaise is, and I'm sure recognizes Connie right away, which I think can fairly put her in the icon category. So we love doing this. We asked Connie to take us back to the very beginning of the decade, to 1990, when she auditioned for the part of Patty Mayonnaise and Doug. Here she is with that story. I had moved to New York in the early 80s and had, you know, done what most actors do. You either study or you're struggling or you are, feel like a loser. And, then you, and you also take a lot of exercise classes. So how I got involved with Doug was Jim Jenkins, who's the creator of Doug, his wife was teaching low and high impact aerobics in a studio on the Upper West Side. And I was taking from her. And I also had this series of mayonnaise commercials running. Um, I was kind of became the spokesperson for Kraft Mayonnaise for a couple of years. So that was running at the same time that I was taking these aerobic classes with Jim Jenkins' wife. So Jim must be watching a Kraft Mayonnaise commercial. And he is at the beginning of creating this animated series called Doug. And he sees this commercial. He's like, this is the voice I'd like to use for one of the characters. His wife, Lisa, is like, oh, my gosh, she's in my aerobics class. And he is like, well, can you talk to her? And maybe she can come by and record something. So that's exactly what happened. Wow. That, that's amazing. <laughs> just, it's just right place, right time. You know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And, yeah, and the right condiment, too. You had to have the right <laughs> condiment going at that well, that's what's funny, because I was trying to find information on that online because people are aware that you were the craft mayonnaise girl in the commercial. But some people are speculative. They're like, did this come before or after she got the part? Like, is this just some crazy coincidence? But I guess it's it's not like you literally got the job because of it. I mean, I think so. You know, I don't think it's a chicken or the egg situation. I think the, the mayonnaise commercials kind of came first. And I'm not even sure whether Jim had already came up with the name Patty Mayonnaise or he sort of had based that. I mean, that would have been a really crazy coincidence. 
All right, fine. So it seems that the exact details of the timeline of Connie Shulman as the Kraft Mayonnaise girl and then becoming Patty Mayonnaise in Doug will remain shrouded in mystery. It's not 100% confirmed which came first, but we can't miss the opportunity to play for you a moment of Connie as a Kraft Mayonnaise salesperson in 1989. And recorded on a tape recorder. He had this little tape recorder and a little teeny, I don't even know if there was a mic attached to it. And, and he had, you know, some material and then I read it and then I went home and never thought I would hear a thing about it. And then I guess a couple of months later, my agent said, Oh, you know, that thing you went and recorded? Well, they're actually coming up with the pilot. And that's sort of how it all started. Wow. So, I mean, you, you had no no thought even in the back of your head that this was going to be a success when you went to some random person's apartment and recorded into a tape recorder. Well, no. And I, I'm surprised I actually went, to be honest. You know, she was a really good aerobics teacher, so I guess I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you think about going into a stranger's apartment right now, that sort of feels like a weird thing to do. But, you know, like I said, I wasn't working that much, and I was just happy somebody asked me to do something. And to further the long shot of Connie Shulman being successful as Patty Mayonnaise, a voiced-over character, she talks here about the fact that she had been told by many professionals in theater and acting schools that her voice was actually going to hold her career back. I'm from Tennessee, so I came up to New York, and my voice, according to theater programs, theater schools, was like um, a detriment to me doing anything. So I had sort of had that in my head, but I also never worked on my voice enough to be able to do anything else. So I think part of me thought, this is my voice, I'm going to own it. You know, I did not do a lot of voiceovers until after Doug. And the thing is this, there are two different sort of, I'm an, I'm an actress that has a funny voice. On Doug, there were some amazing voiceover people. So those are sort of two different worlds. Uh, Billy West, Fred Newman, there are a lot of amazing voiceover people that were on Doug and could do and did do many, many voices on the show. For an example, I only did Patty. Jim asked me to do one episode if I could do the voice of Patty's father and he was like Connie just lower your voice you can do it so anyway I tried to do it and like quickly he was like no (laughs) (laughs) no that's not gonna work (laughs) that was the the first and last time you ever tried anybody else that's right I'm kind of a you know like I'm a one character gal here and um but I'm in awe of people that can manipulate their voice in ways that you have no idea that they are actually voicing those certain characters. There's one other um, female voice actor I can think of that's like that, and it's um, Julie Kavner on The Simpsons, who basically just does Marge, 
and I think Marge's sisters, and she does yeah. nobody else, and the other four actors do everybody else. So it's kind of interesting. There's like one in every cast, and it seems that you're the one on Doug. I definitely, I definitely was. And I was lucky enough in the early days of Doug, when we were on Nickelodeon, we could all work together in the booth. And so we would all sort of be able to watch each other do their stuff, have scenes with each other. And there was a lot of group sort of hubbub. Then when it moved to Disney, we were sort of flying solo in the booth. It was a different experience. Mm. During during that decade, in, in the heyday of the show, when it was extremely popular, do you remember people coming up to you or hearing you when you ordered a coffee and saying, oh my God, you're Patty Mayonnaise? And did they ask you to do anything interesting, like call their, call their significant others or leave a voicemail or anything like that? You know, I think that's what happens now. Uh, I don't know, in the early 90s, you know, this was all pre-social media and computer stuff, whether uh, people were so in tune to coming up to somebody on the street. Again, this was a voice, and you wouldn't necessarily put me with the voice that you were hearing me with. In today's world, I get approached much more, and that's because people know they have a visual to put with the voice. In the early 90s, they didn't really have that. So without social media and with information spreading a little more slowly and quite a bit differently, when did Connie and the rest of the cast realize how big of a success Doug really was? You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I can say by being an actor in the show from day one, I felt like it was extraordinary and special, but you don't know whether the world is going to think that. And there's a big ambulance going on outside my window. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's New York City yeah. at the West Side City. Yeah, that but gives us the, the whole scope of where you are. I knew the material was absolutely amazing when I started working on it with this incredible group of people. But again, you know, did you, did you know that people would respond to it like they did? No. And, um, you know, maybe the other cast members, maybe Jim knew like, oh, my gosh, we're really we're on to something. And, you know, I think it actually for me took years later to understand how special that show was. What do you think it was about the material that connected with so many people? And I, I think it was appealing to both parents and kids uh, and still is. Very relatable kids. Um, uh, kids that you could respond to. I think it, we all feel like Doug sometimes. And for Patty, I think she was sort of this girl that boys liked and that girls liked too. So I would say the relatability to it, the fact that Jim sort of understood diversity way before that um, the world kind of came to that, that he sort of had this multicolored, interesting look of a show uh, was also something that we all responded to. Okay, we have to transition to a very important piece of the puzzle here as far as Doug's success. And anybody who's been listening to this show for 10 minutes thus far has probably already hummed it to themselves, and that is the theme song. Thank 
fingers to Connie on why that thing is still stuck in our heads today. Well, I think the theme song is really extraordinary. The little whistling, the whole thing, it just kills me. So I'm not even sure when I first heard it. I mean, you're talking to somebody that had kids um, in the mid-90s. So I was really out of it. <laughs> and I would bring <laughs> I would bring like them as little babies to um, to record a voice. So a lot of my period then doing that, I, I think I had a huge disconnect of what was going on. How would you compare, you know, working in the very early 90s toward working at the end of the decade? Because again, you got a chance to, I know you're raising kids as we discussed, but you got a chance to see every year of it unfold in the entertainment business. So like when 99, when the Doug movie came out versus the, versus the pilot episode, was it? did it feel like a huge difference? Did it feel like things had evolved and changed a lot? Or were you just kind of doing your thing? You would have to tell me when technology sort of took over our lives. I, I would say it was really the early 2000s that the internet, like AOL and cell phones and everything, like 2000, 2001, it feels like to me was like the, the big boom. So it really quite, hadn't quite happened yet, I would say. I mean, that's, that's what I thought, you know, because the 90s didn't experience that sort of huge change in communication and how information was given out. You know, would I see a huge change in, um, yeah, like the beginning of my career to the, uh, you know, to the end of the 90s? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, 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 and maybe I'm wrong and maybe it was just my perspective because, you know, I was all over the place in my own personal life with raising a family. I think this was all pre-technology and I think that's when things sort of, the the impact of what we do in entertainment change. I think that actually hits on the code we're always trying to crack on this show. Why do we remember the 90s so fondly? And why do we perhaps have more of an affinity for it than the more difficult to define early 2000s? Well, that's the answer. It was mostly pre-internet. It was pre-information being in your pocket. It was the last decade us 20 and 30 somethings plus had where life was simple and uncomplicated and when Doug was on TV. So for those of us who are old enough now to remember a time mostly pre-technology and then have grown up in a time post-technology, we're able to compare and contrast. And in some respects, the simpler pre-technology one sure seems pretty great today. Not to mention 9-11 hadn't happened yet and our starry-eyed view of world peace hadn't yet been demolished. I mean, there's a lot of factors, but I think we've certainly touched on it a bit here, talking about how working in the 90s, as Connie did, for every year of it, none of it felt that different because no major change had happened yet, like it started to rapidly happen in the early 2000s. But for her, you know, it doesn't matter. It was all a big blur because of what was happening in Connie's life. And listen to this. I think it gives us a new perspective on remembering the decade in the way that we do on this show. It was a blur. I, I went through um, a lot in the early 90s because I lost both my parents. And so 
that was, and they were both very young. And so that was sort of, you know, a personal sort of journey that I was going through. And, and so, um, and then I started my own kids and met my husband. So I think the nineties to me, I don't even think very much other than what happened to me personally in my life. And I actually think I didn't watch anything for like 10 years. Yeah. It's actually kind of an interesting commentary that you bring that up. And I'm, I'm sorry that happened to you, but it's like, who who cares about certain elements of pop culture when your personal life needs more attention than the outside world? And I'm sure that happens to people at various points in their life and various decades and lots of life perhaps feels like a blur because of that. So it's it's kind of funny. It like adds this sense of irony to doing this show. It's like, hey, remember the 90s? Like, how great was it? And for somebody like you, you're like, well, no, because of because of this reason and that reason. So it adds a new element to the idea of nostalgia and remembering something. No, I have, I appreciate that. So uh, that's exactly right. And we all have periods in our life that are trickier than other periods. But I can say that... Um, during this recent period in all of our lives that has been um, incredibly challenging and continues to be so, the the need for entertainment and, oh my gosh, for shows like Doug to have a chance to sort of reemerge, because um, I know it just celebrated its 30th birthday, <laughs> that um, this has saved a lot of our psyches during this incredible time that we're living through. So I think if you had asked me if I had Doug been doing Doug during this period, I would have had a whole different answer for you. <laughs> yeah, you would have definitely. I mean, it also sounds like perhaps the show gave you the opportunity to not have to worry too much about, you know, being successful or, or making money while you had to deal with some harder things in your life. So maybe for you, it was just kind of more of a blessing of a job than it was like this phenomenon, if I could like just make that guess. Well, I can tell you that if people ask me what was um, the most exciting, most interesting, most special job that you've had in your career, hands down, it would be Doug without a, without a beat of thinking differently because it was, this opportunity to go into a little studio. I mean, my gosh, you could wear pajamas if you wanted and be with a group of kids. It was seriously like a little playground and to be led by one of the kindest men ever. And that's Jim Jenkins, who I suppose wrote about himself as Doug, this beautiful, kind spirit leading this group of adults in this little studio to play they, like they were little kids. And there's nothing more special than that and nothing more rewarding. And even though personally I was going through some hard stuff, to be able to go to work in a sandbox like that every day was, uh, was just what I needed. And finally, in modern times, I hope you'll be as excited to hear about this as I was. Connie is working on her own animated project. I've actually started writing with a friend, my own animation series for kids. And um, so that is something I'm really excited about. I, I am in a, a family with actors. My daughter's doing a series in LA. My husband's doing a film and my, and my son is actually writing his own show. So, you know, it, it is very special to live with three other people that are doing what I'm doing. 
but every once in a while you do wish somebody was an accountant. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you probably were hoping the apple didn't fall far from the tree for somebody, but but no. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see what your your animated show that you're working on is going to be like. That gives me chills to think about how, you know, for somebody my age who now has kids, it's like I watched you growing up. Now I get to watch what you're making for my kid. I mean, that is just so special. Well, you know, that's a great way of saying and and I and I hope that happens. You know, my kids were very little when Doug started and um, they were, you know, they were too young to really watch it, but they have since seen that. And their appreciation for what I did and how um, those characters meant something to me. So these animated shows stay with us as adults. And, you know, to be able to watch your child experience that is, is really beautiful. Well, Connie, I really, really appreciate you doing this. I think you have such a... Um a unique, important to appreciate perspective about the decade and about what Doug did for you and your family and, and the impact it still has today. I mean, like I like I keep saying, anybody my age, if you say, you know, what were your favorite shows growing up? Doug is always at the top of the list. I mean, anybody you ask, I have never heard anybody say they disliked Doug. Like you said, it's just so um, kind and, and, um, and like filling, like it fills your soul in, in a special way. Um, and I think you help, helped us acknowledge and remember that. So thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. And thank you for having me on here. Thanks again to Connie Shulman. I'm Tyler Russell for Boy Meets 90s. You can find more short podcasts you'll love at snippet.fm. <laughs>